This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like breaking up on social media, idealizing our exes, ghosts that won't stop haunting, and being a soul supporter. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. Right. We are not experts. Um, we did not go to school for this. We're no. both Geminis, so that can tell you what it means to you. <laughs> that can be whatever it means to you. <laughs> Some people out there are going to be like, oh, yeah, I rock with them that much harder. And other people are going to be like, I'm going to burn this podcast <laughs> to the ground. <laughs> They're like, those evil assholes are two-faced yeah. and lie through their teeth. Yeah. Which is, I mean, true. No, I mean, like, if I needed to lie, it would be through my teeth. <laughs> yes, the, my voice does have to go through my mouth yes, and therefore yes. through my teeth. But I haven't lied once on this podcast. No, you have for sure. Probably about, like, you know, have you ever slept with your sister's best friend's ex's <laughs> boss? And I was like, no, totally not. I don't know. <laughs> have you? Okay, let's do the math. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Okay. So anyway, this um, weird intro is just to remind you that we are unprofessionals and you should take our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Welcome to episode 34, Sam. 34. 34. I didn't think we were going to make it past two. Really? No, I thought we were going to make a best two for sure. (laughs) (laughs) We've recorded like three in one day. (laughs) I know, and it was exhausting. Yeah. um, That was so intense. Thank you to um, our new listeners. Thank you to our old listeners. Yeah. We've been around now since July of 2018, Mm -hmm. and um, we're just so pleased that we are slowly building momentum, and that's because of wonderful people like you who are telling your friends about us, who are posting um, our memes, who are uh, sharing when you're listening to our episodes or sharing your favorite pieces of advice, and we're just super grateful because um, that is keeping us going. Yeah. And exciting to see like slow and steady progress in terms of like listenership and like getting picked up by the AV club was super exciting. So exciting. So exciting. We had champagne over it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then drunkenly answered people's questions on Instagram. I thought that was an A plus experience. (laughs) Um, Anyway. uh, Oh, 
Also, another way you guys can support us, in addition to just the general word of mouth, which we're super grateful for, we're almost dependent on the way you guys talk about us to your friends. Yep. Another way you can support us is we have some new merchandise out right now on our website, which is justbreakuppod.com. Yeah. And if you want to wear your heart on your sleeve um, or your head and heart work, as we say... <laughs> There are some new Just Break Up t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs, and phone cases Mm -hmm. with all of our favorite Just Break Up sayings and things like that. Um, And they're pretty damn cute, if I do say so myself. I think that they're awesome. Thanks. I'm really loving the, like, 90s throwback theme that we're going with. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely, like, um, reminiscent of, like, 90s sitcoms um, in a cute way. Yeah, for sure. So check it out. Yeah, check it out. Um, and that's another way to support us to make sure that um, we are going to keep bringing you this awesome free content. Um, it's free for you to listen, but it's not free for us to make. So thank you for all your support. Now that that love fest is out of the way, <laughs> do you let's uh, do our little check-in topic. Our check-in topic today is inspired by a listener's letter. This check-in topic is inspired by Grace K's letter from California. And uh, she asks, basically, how do we get over the anxiety of dating of dating above ourselves. Right. How do I phrase like that? dating out of our league. Yes. Yeah. Um, what if your partner is, quote, above you, mm-hmm. or or I might feel like somebody is above me? Um, I don't know. First, general thoughts. Uh, I feel like thinking that your partner is above you generally leads to unhealthy behaviors in relationships. Tell me more. Because uh, I remember, like, dating someone who... I've dated a few people who I thought were, like, way cooler or, like, way more attractive than me. Yeah. And, uh, like, the way that I was constantly trying to, like, convince them that I was good enough for them mm-hmm. meant that, like, I could never ask for anything. Mm. And it just, like, caused me so much more anxiety that, like, I couldn't actually show up as who I wanted to show up as. Right. And I look back at those times and I'm like, those people weren't cooler than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like those people had all shit their pants uh at some yes. point. <laughs> and I on. right. And I just look back and like with the I mean with the the gift of years. Mm-hmm. And just was like I just want to like give myself a little pep talk and be like feel like first of all don't feel so bad about yourself right now. Right. And secondly, like this person's not even cool enough for you to like go on more than 3 dates with them. So like right. what like like, just embrace this time and don't be so worried about, like, how that person is cooler or more attractive than you. Totally. Let's let's first – I can definitely speak to this experience, um, but first let's just quickly brainstorm a couple examples of, like, what would make you feel like someone was above you. Like, immediately – and what I'm going to talk about is, like, money shame uh, when yeah. people, or professionally. Like, I'm self-employed. I My income is really varying throughout the year. So, like, I have a lot of – money or like legitimate adult shame mm-hmm. you know yeah. am i a legitimate adult um or do i make enough money um a- am i attractive in that way and when when my partner is more successful financially than i am or more established as a as, as a human being mm-hmm. all i i constantly feel like i need to um prove myself um or hide myself yeah. right in yeah. a really unhealthy way yep and so that's one example. Mm-hmm. You mentioned attractiveness. Yep. I also like as an as an introverted person, 
like I always feel like people who are able to like walk into a room and like meet a bunch of people and sort of like command attention like that always like that strikes at my insecurities right. about my own ability to be able to do that. Right. And so like I always think that people who are like more uh, like extroverted and who are able to like walk into a room and have like everyone sort of like gravitate towards them. That really like gets me. Yeah, totally. Um, another thing that you mentioned that I relate to is like uh, the idea of coolness. Mm-hmm. Like when somebody feels cooler than me, I like constantly feel uh, not enough. Yeah. Like, let me prove myself to you. And all of that, just like you said, hindsight is twenty twenty. but all of that stress that I put on myself to be as cool as possible or like to be as cool as this super cool person that I have a crush on yep. made me feel and act really inauthentically. Mm-hmm. I remember a long time ago, I had a huge crush on this person for so long and I would go home and I would like look in the mirror and be like, why can't you be yourself around him? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> like, why are you, why do you close down? Like, I know you're an outgoing person or like, you're the shit, Sierra. Like, yeah. why can't you pretend, why can't you show this side of yourself to them? And it's because, turning it back on me, it's like, because I felt inadequate. I felt like my true self wasn't enough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm also having like, shame echoes like just like thinking about this topic right of like things like thinking back into my past and being like like the 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 way that i like acted and like the things that i did um because it's like so real that echoes i love that like it's so real that feeling of inadequacy and like the way that that feeling of inadequacy like makes you behave Mm -hmm. is just like um it's just really intense and because i'm like a poet and everything's visual to me, that feeling of inadequacy, it's something you chase. And and to me, it becomes physical. It's like a bucket that you can never fill. Mm-hmm. So like I see that same crush. I still see that person in my life, like rarely, but like they come up every once in a while. And it's feel I always feel like I have something to prove. Like mm. I got to fill this bucket or I got to, I got to be like, look, I'm cool and chill now, yeah. you know? Yep. And that's just not real. <laughs> <laughs> I'm neither of those things. <laughs> um, yeah, but let's talk about. Oh, I thought of one more example. You couldn't. I think that there's shame when you think your partner is smarter than you, mm-hmm. and that makes you like. Sometimes that can be a good thing. Like I love, I love when my partner is smarter than me, or like in something that feels really good to me. Yeah. But it can also invoke a lot of insecurity and um, feel like you're inadequate. Uh, can we talk about ways that we can combat that? Like, how do you get through this feeling of, of like that you're that you're dating up? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always a fan of open and honest communication. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Brene Brown. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like <laughs> 20 pages into her book. Um, Congratulations! Thank you. Uh, so sometimes even just like saying it out loud to your partner, not in like a like an intense way, but just being like, Hey, listen, like this might be weird, but like, I just feel like you are really, really cool. And sometimes I feel like I'm not like, like I'm messing up or like, I'm like too awkward for you or whatever. And not, and not in a way of like needing the affirmation or validation, but just like to be able to say it out loud to make it less of like a big thing. And my guess is that that person will also be like, wait, no, like you are cool. Or like you, like, no, I I want to be with you. Like I'm right. into this because right. 
I think I love you, know, you as you are. Right. Like we build people up on pedestals. And then when you, when we tell them that they're on the pedestal, they're often like, how did I get here? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Why did you put me here? Yeah. Um, I also think I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but I also agree or no <laughs> with myself <laughs> with the point I'm about to make. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> what I meant to say was I also want to add that. This idea of dating out of our league or or feeling in, inadequate, it has little to nothing to do with our partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think I hope that that open and honest communication would lead to like to, it would alleviate stress, anxiety, it would it would make you feel more kindred with your partner. But at the end of the day, it's it has to be internal work because yeah. The only reason why I want to extend that idea is because when you said that, I pictured me being younger and really into this person who was too cool for school and I just couldn't act right around. And if I had opened up to that person and said, I feel weird around you, I feel inadequate, yada, 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 that would have like maybe alleviated or like led to a cool conversation with that person. But I still would have had that 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 bucket in me that I would be trying to fill Mm -hmm. of like validation or coolness or like trying to prove myself or whatever. At the end of the day, we have to do that really, really hard work of, wow, what's, what's making me feel inadequate and what are the ways in which I can give myself love um, and abundance and to, to feel adequate as is right now, yeah. even though my bank account is XXX, even mm-hmm. though um, my clothes aren't as hip and cool as this person, even though maybe I don't feel like as attractive as this person, I still am beautiful. Mm-hmm. I still am whole. And that work is fucking super hard. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's like not. That's like end stage goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not like um, self, like dating 101. No, you know? right. Definitely not. But I just can't, I can't think about this situation when it comes, because it's also ultimately comparison, right? Mm-hmm. And we, and we tell each other, oh, don't compare yourself to your, ex's new bow and don't compare yourself to so-and-so or whatever anybody on instagram but this is it you can compare yourself to your partner as well yeah and that can that too can be a violence against yourself yep for sure that's a pretty dope check-in topic (laughs) (laughs) anyway let's continue the head and heart work with our first letter awesome uh so this is from madeline who's writing from minnesota Hi, Sam and Sierra. First off, I can't imagine how much emotional and mental labor goes into answering these letters every week. I know it is a passion project for you both, and I can hear that in every episode, but I certainly hope that you are also able to take time for yourselves to rejuvenate and recoup. Thank you. That's so sweet. Maybe our listeners can send us, like, um... Money? uh, (laughs) Money, yes. Flowers? Chocolates? Yep. All of those things, but I was going to say, like face masks that's what i Ooh, thought of when i heard go. this wonderful letter um the intro and how sweet like talking about us rejuvenating yeah i pictured us like reading their letters but in face masks <laughs> <laughs> if you want to send us anything you can send it to p.o box 7475 <laughs> minneapolis minnesota 55407 there we go <laughs> Um, also, that face mask that you left at my house that day that you came over yeah. was awesome. Great. Yeah. I put it on and I gave the other one to Peter and Great. we had like a face mask thing. Great. I love that. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Continue. 
I'm writing because I recently fell down the rabbit hole of going to look at my ex's Facebook page. We are Facebook friends, and upon looking at his photos, I noticed he had untagged himself from every single photo we took together. This sounds relatively normal, except for the fact that we had over 700 pictures together. (laughs) And I am the only ex whose photos he untagged himself from. We haven't been together for a long time, but I can't help but feel he holds such a deep shame from being with me that he would rather take the time and effort to comb through each photo than have someone see that we were once dating. This has been this has really been affecting my self-confidence as I've now convinced myself that he is embarrassed of our relationship. I feel very insecure about this, but our relationship is way far in the past, so it makes it feel silly, but I can't help it. How do I navigate these feelings? Um... When you were reading that letter, I was drinking water and I needed to set my water down to make sure that I wouldn't like spit take at the line of 700 Facebook photos. That's so many. That's so many. I can't even fathom how many pictures that is. It's a it's it's too many. It it's so many. That is a labor to go through. Let's just let's just commiserate with our lovely listener about like what a fucking phenomenon that is. Seriously. That's intense. There's no way on Facebook to do like a bulk untag, right? I have no idea. Maybe there is. No, I don't think so. Anyway, that's wild. So let's 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 first talk um about somebody also messaged me on Instagram and asked me for the check-in topic of once you break up, do you delete those photos from Instagram? Mm. And I think we can kind of lump this into a conversation about how social media preserves relationships (laughs) and what do you do afterwards? And then um, we'll get back to the letter and, um, and the shame and the, and the Mm -hmm. untagging. Yeah. So do you delete photos or would you if you ever posted any <laughs> wow um, are I you saying that I'll... my cat like my cat oriented content is not working for you no i love your cat oriented <laughs> content i mean i meant like of your exes i don't think you posted photos i don't think so. i think i posted some photos of him but you deleted them no they're way back there yeah i think so oh my god y'all can <laughs> yeah i don't that would that would be too much mental and emotional effort right. to me to put into something that I don't want to put emotional men- and mental effort into anymore. Right. Like, would you, though? I don't think so. Yeah. Even, even if it was, like, fresh in your feed, like a couple photos in? No. <laughs> yeah. Would you? Uh, well, I'm a petty bitch, so... <laughs> And and by that translation, I mean I'm highly sensitive and very um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's not tr- triggerable. That's not right. But like I, I need to do a lot of – I need to put a lot of friction between me and the thing that's going to bother me. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to put a lot of space between me and that thing um, to, for me to heal. Like yeah. I am the type of person who I get into one fight – well, this is a little dramatic, but <laughs> I get into a huge fight with my significant other and we're taking time to not talk or something like that. I'll delete all of our text messages and their number. <laughs> Let me back up and preface this and by saying that this particularly was from the last really messy 
toxic relationship I was in. So uh-huh. now yeah. that gives you my best friend some context, <laughs> right? Where like I needed I needed yep. I needed to not have access to that person. That's what yep. it was about. This is not like a normal behavior to me, but but I am the type of person like if I were to be dumped tomorrow, I would delete my partner's text messages and their number. I wouldn't block I would off I wouldn't block, block, block them, but I, I would have to delete them so I wouldn't have access to them. Yep. And very similar, like related, to be able to look at them, it would, I'm just very like susceptible, mm-hmm. you know, and in those times of healing or pain or whatever, it's like, I don't want to look at these people's pictures, you know, uh, it's hard. It's hard for, and, and I feel embarrassed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that my relationship failed. Yeah. I can't say I mean, that I have. Joke. I don't. Yep. I, I to be honest, I don't know if I've ever on my Instagram. I've never posted a picture of my significant other until my most recent one, ever. So that's a pretty oh big God. deal. Yeah. Thanks. Big it's first my step. it's my most liked photo on Instagram. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Anyway, sorry, tangent. <laughs> but this is already a tangential letter. Um. So yeah, I. I Oh, but I have, going back to our letter, I, I have untagged myself from photos because it was painful. Mm-hmm. Um, would I untag myself from seven fucking hundred? No. No. But do you? I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Here's another thing that made me want to talk about the idea of tagging and untagging or like deleting photos is when you're dating somebody new and they have photos of their ex all over their Instagram Mm, or their Facebook. Doesn't that make you like that make me feel uncomfortable, but I'm also, I'm also pretty, I have to do work not to be insecure. Mm -hmm. Um, So it would make me feel away. I mean, I could totally understand that. Yeah. And like, I think that there is something about like your social media presence is also like your dating profile like in the real world, right? right? Like people, like you meet someone, no matter where you meet them, they're going to like try and find your Instagram or your Facebook. Right. Um, and so like having 700 pictures with you and your ex might be a little off-putting to a future, like to a future partner. Yeah. But to delete them all individually. That's insane. Let's get back to, I, I don't think there's a right and wrong in terms of like keeping your significant other on your, so, your ex on your social media or not. I do think that it does, it might be off-putting to a new person, mm-hmm. number one. Number two, I also think it can be really cathartic. Yeah. To get rid of things, you know, to cleanse that person from your from your online presence. Yep. Um, but I don't think that there's a right or wrong. I I, I think that it's just to each their own. Mm-hmm. But to get back to our letter, I don't think that your ex deleted those 700 pictures because he was ashamed of dating you. No. I want to stress that. That, like, I don't think this has anything to do with, like, oh, my God, I don't want to be seen with her. Yep. Because if that's true, then he would have never given you his love in his first in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, your love was real at that time. And just because it's over doesn't mean it wasn't valid at some point. Right. What I do think it is and what I what I could see myself in, although I haven't done it for 700, photo, 700 <laughs> photos, but what I, what I can see myself doing is doing it because it was too painful to look at his profile and see you everywhere. Yep. Literally everywhere. It's like it's like when you break up with someone and you wake up and they're like permeated throughout your, your house and your Absolutely. life and your habits and your thoughts. And that makes moving on really difficult. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, even just like. Like, and I I wonder if maybe the reason he decided to untag you was because of the sheer bulk 
of pictures of you together, right? right? Like that's a lot of of accumulated remembrances and memory memories um, that would be hard to be able to like avoid at any point, right. right? Like scrolling through your feed and seeing one picture of you and your ex like is hard enough to yeah. see 700 of them yeah. is, is a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't, we don't know the ins and outs of your relationship. So we don't know how painful this was or yep. if it, if it went south or, um, if those pictures are of good memories or even of who ended it, you know, mm-hmm. like he might be feeling really hurt or he might be just trying to like cleanse his life. But I, let's forget about him for a second. Like yep. forget about those Facebook photos because they don't really, they're not what is real. Right. They might feel real, but they're not even tangible. They're out in like the internet floating in the air somewhere. Right. <laughs> That's how the internet works, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a cloud. <laughs> it's just like up there. Yeah. Um, but what's real is that uh, you are nothing to be ashamed of. Um, you are worthy of a good relationship moving forward. Mm-hmm. The the Your presence on your ex's Facebook or, or on your own Facebook does not establish your worthiness or your lovability um uh, it, yep. it is uncomfortable like both sam and i winced when we read this letter because we we're like oh dang yep. that's a big number <laughs> you know <laughs> like so we're commi- we're commiserating with you about what a shitty uncomfortable feeling this is yep but like if you let yourself you can recognize this feeling and this experience and and realize that it is not of you right it's not it's, right. it's happening beside you to you yep. but that has nothing to do with who you are or who you were in the relationship yep. it's just a thing that's happening after you break up because breakups are messy sometimes mm-hmm. absolutely and i think one of the ways that that you can make sure that this doesn't continue to affect you is to block him <laughs> Well, yeah. Well, and we talk about this all the time. Like, social media has changed the way that we have interacted with people. And prior in relationship, if your boyfriend had or your ex had burned 700 pictures of you in a giant bonfire in his backyard, you would have not known that. And so, like, the fact that social media continues to to provide us with great things that, like, help us remember people, uh, remember friendships, remember good days also brings up shit that we then have to deal with that we don't need to right so if if this is triggering for if this is triggering for you one of the ways that you can prevent it from happening again is to just block him yes. you don't owe him anything he you dated in years past just let that go let him figure out his own shit about you and your relationship on his own because it has nothing to do with you and this goes to anybody out there who's dealing with some sort of social media um created shame or anxiety or fear like we always talk about like why do i look my ex's new boo you know on mm-hmm. instagram what like why do i do this stop and think like would i have had access to this 20 years ago yeah and if the answer is no, it's not good for you. <laughs> it's it's not normal. It's not of nature. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I'm with you. Like if I had, uh, you know, the fact that you're able to look at what your ex does with your photos, Sam's so freaking right, is that like you would not be a part of that cleansing process 20 years ago. Yep. So step away from it. Free yourself. Absolutely. We love this letter. We hate that this happened to you, but we hope you learn a little bit from what we said. Thank you so much for writing. Thanks, Madeline. We love you. 
Y'all, as a self-employed person, as a mom of a toddler, I am always struggling with finding time to manage my finances. At the end of a busy week, the last thing I want to do is spend time budgeting all of my expenses or tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions I no longer use. But now I use Rocket Money and it does all of that for me. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, you have full control over your subscriptions and a clear view of your expenses. You can see all your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, Rocket Money can help cancel it with a few taps. I love how the dashboard shows me this month's spending compared to last month so I can clearly see my spending habits and check myself if needed. Plus, they'll help me create a custom budget and keep my spending on track. Rocket Money will even help try to negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with customer service for you, which I obviously love as a somewhat introverted, conflict-avoidant person. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Rocket Money has over 5 million subscribers and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash just break up. That's rocketmoney.com slash just break up. Rocketmoney.com slash just break up. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets, sweaters, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Quince has things like premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. This past month, I treated myself to a pair of new slippers because I'm in that hashtag mom life era of my life um, in which (laughs) um, I am never not in slippers. And these are 100% Australian shearling lined clog slippers. And I love that they're slip on, but they have those durable rubber outsoles. They're super cushy, super comfortable, but I feel like I can run outside to like take the trash out in them while also like staying warm and active in the house. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right. This next letter is from Hannah Anonymous, who is writing to us from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Woo-woo. Hey, my pronouns are she, her, and hers. I broke up with my boyfriend about a year and three months ago. 
I then spent the better part of last year experiencing crippling anxiety and depression and a lot of regret. It was a hellish year and really hard head and heart work to reconnect with myself, learn to forgive myself, and begin to enjoy life again. This breakup coincided with moving to a new city and starting graduate school, and I know the combination of these three huge life events made everything harder. I am finally feeling like myself again. I go to therapy, I meditate, I exercise, I spend time with friends and family. I started to do improv and love it. I've made new friends in my new city. I'm doing well and liking grad school, and I feel overall very fulfilled. The problem is, I still wonder if I made a mistake. I still think about my ex every day, and I still get upset when I or someone else bring him up. I can't look at pictures of us without falling into despair, and I truly think I would throw up and pass out at once if I saw him in person. The thing is, we had a really lovely relationship. He's a good man. We had fun together. We had similar values. He was always there for me and was affectionate in the ways I liked. He wasn't without his faults, but he made me feel loved, and we had a really healthy relationship overall. I recently listened to episode 19 in which you give the advice to the last letter writer about how every relationship isn't perfect and how love isn't always explosive. To this day, I still wonder and worry that that I ended things too soon just because of the small gut feeling that, quote, this isn't the way love is supposed to feel. I'm an overthinker and struggle with anxiety and have had a lot of conflicting feelings about the relationship. One day I would feel so loved and happy and content and the next day he would annoy me or I would feel I would see someone hotter. Please don't judge me. (laughs) And I would doubt everything. I feel like the fact that I am not still over this relationship is proof that I made a huge mistake. Spoiler alert. It's not. Unfortunately, it doesn't really matter because he's dating someone else and wants nothing to do with me and have uh, with me. I know that I've gained a lot from the past year of being single on top of everything else already mentioned. I have also explored my sexuality and dated women. I am grateful for the time I've had to learn and grow, but I seem I can't seem to shake my longing, regret and sadness surrounding my ex. I have long since let go of the arbitrary timelines for getting over someone, but to be honest, I've really struggled with dating again. I desperately want to share my life with someone, but I haven't been able to find anyone who remotely compares to my ex. The few people who have had potential don't want to date me. I know there are other people out there for me, but it feels like they're hiding, and sometimes it feels impossible. I feel like I've I've wasted my only shot at love when I ended things with my ex and I simultaneously just want to free my mind from his hold on it. And even though he's made it pretty clear that he wants nothing to do me do with me, I find myself daydreaming or really dreaming about telling him how I feel and us getting back together. I don't know if I could ever get myself to even take this step, though, because I still feel conflicted about the whole thing. I feel like I should at least know I made the right decision or the wrong decision by now, and I don't at all. I know this letter has been a mess. Any advice or words of comfort are so, so appreciated. Hannah, thanks so much for writing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've been there. Mm-hmm. Have you regretted da- breaking up with somebody? I mean, I've never broken up with someone. I've only been broken up with. So. <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those Slytherin moments where you're like, never. I've never regretted any decision I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> um, no, but I've been, you know, I have been very heartbroken by people. Yeah. Um. That's not true. I have broken up with one person, but that was fine. I don't regret that. <laughs> <laughs> was it him? No. 
Oh, okay. I can't believe he broke up with you. Yeah, He didn't. So he forced me to break, to say the words, but he was the one that did it. The audacity. All right, right. (laughs) Hannah, moving back to you. Um, So I have totally... uh, I had a similar experience. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to speak a little bit about my experience um, and just say that it is 100% possible that you were with a great guy mm-hmm. and that your love was good mm-hmm. and true, but that all of the things that led you to break up were still real. Yep. What I'm afraid of, Hannah, is that... We tend to idealize people in the past, yeah. especially when we're lacking in the present. Mm-hmm. We tend to idealize what we had, even though in the present back then we were unhappy or yep. unfulfilled in one way or another. And all those little things that were pushing you away from that love. Don't get me wrong. Like, no love is perfect. No relationship is perfect. Um, It is possible to be in love and still look for other things, mm-hmm. you know, but all those little things tell me that. That it wasn't enough in that moment. And yep. that's what led you to break up. Absolutely. I just want to make sure you're not over-idealizing this love because you have distance from it mm-hmm. now and because you don't have a replacement. Right. Yep. Yeah. And I will tell you, um, Hannah, that even though I am happily married, right, I still have people that I think about and mm-hmm. I think, oh, man, I miss them. Mm-hmm. And it's like. But I don't miss them, right? I I miss the memories that we had together. I miss um, the quality that, of their person. Yes, I miss that time in my life and the feeling that that person evoked in me. But I don't miss that person, right? right? And that person is a different person than they were when we were dating. Right. That person has had different experiences. That person would evoke different emotions in me if I ever saw them again. Right. And so the issue is that sometimes we look back and we confuse the the time, the emotion, the moment with the person themselves. Right. And he was a good guy. He was a great guy. Period. Yeah. Like if we I want to step back one more time and say like wow, you're kind of lucky <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. you dated this good guy and yep. it didn't work, but that's because relationships don't work. You know? <laughs> Because you either stay together forever or you break up and and you decided that you wanted to break up and pursue other things. And Mm -hmm. it sounds like that's been a good year of growth for you. Yep. But you're essentially lucky that he's a good guy, that that it went so well and that you look back on him fondly. And it can just be that. Don't get me wrong to my romantics out there. Like, I do know that you can be with somebody at the wrong time or Mm -hmm. you cannot appreciate the right things about them until you don't have them. I I do believe in that. uh, But I think the bigger, more important lesson right here or like the more radical um, untalked about thing is what Sam and I are addressing right now. Yep. Hannah could definitely like pine over this guy and then throw her heart like over a train track and try to get him back. <laughs> and we can talk about that for sure. But the other head and heart work, as we talk about, is understanding that like some relationships happen and they're good, but that's the extent of them. Absolutely. They don't have to be more than that. And that's okay. Yep. For sure. Something that Sam and I talked about when we were reviewing this letter for the first time that I think is super profound is, and it's going to make us sound like assholes. (laughs) (laughs) When don't we? Yeah. um, 
Isn't it funny, like, how often, like, radical self-love or radical head and heart work, like, kind of comes off like a dick, <laughs> like yeah. a jerk? Well, and I've, like, the AV write-up of us was like, was like they're so mean. And, I, and <laughs> we were just like, no, we were just trying to tell people to establish boundaries. Right, right. But that is, and first of all, they didn't say they were mean, but but they were, they were like, their heartless approach to, to love or something. We were like, uh... <laughs> Um, but I think it, I think it's like that because the concept of boundaries or the concept of radical self-love is so against the culture that we have of sacrifice, of service, of, you know, um, at love at all costs. And, and that's not where healthy love lives. And so the thing we want to discuss with you, Hannah, is the fact that you are allowed to break up with someone for whatever reason you want. Yeah, you're allowed to. That that <laughs> might sound like we're assholes, and we very well may be, okay? <laughs> but what we mean by that is we get so many letters, and I've heard so many people over the last 10 years, and in my own life, it's like, yep. oh, um, you know, he's such a good guy, or she's a really good girlfriend, like, I don't know. I just like it's just okay. Like I feel can I feel fine. Yep. You know, um like am I like fulfilled? Do I find them sexually attractive? No, but mm-hmm. you know. And I think that we need to have I think we think we're we often confuse um like steady <laughs> mm-hmm. with quality. Mm, yeah. And what we're what we're posing is that you didn't need a bigger reason other than the fact that you felt like it wasn't right. Exactly. We're not saying like go out there and be a like huge asshole and date people and then break up with them for no reason. But when it comes to those intimate one-on-one relationships, yep. it doesn't have to be an explosive thing to be not right for you. Exactly. In the same way that you talk about like love isn't always explosive, falling out of love or not being in love like is also sometimes not explosive. Right, right. It's just like there's something about this that doesn't fit and I don't think that this is right for me. Right. And so and I will tell you that there there are no right or wrong decisions in this. There are just the best decisions that we can make with the with the resources, skills and experiences that we have available to us, right? And so I'm telling you right now, Hannah, you made the best decision for you when you broke it off. Right. Because and- the alternative is you would be one of those couples that stay in the relationship way too long and it gets toxic. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, that could have that definitely could have been an outcome. Or it could have been that you just sort of like puttered along for a bunch of time and then you like were like, what? Why, why did I just like say say yes to this instead right. of like asking what I wanted and what I needed or to get out of the relationship? maybe you guys stay together and you get married and it's fine and it's good. Yep. I mean, the the reality is you made the decision you made because you felt like it was right for you at the time. Yep. And there's no going back. Like you mm-hmm. might, maybe you rekindle something with him in the future, but right now we're only moving forward with our head and our heart and us and our soul. Yep. And we're trying to figure out what do I need now? Right. And what you need now is maybe some more alone time. Yep. It's think- okay that no, other people haven't like met his standard it is but also are you holding them to the standard of who he was or your idealized version of him right (laughs) 
And I think that that's something that that um, might be next for you is how do you how do you de-idealize that person in a way that is helpful for you to move on? So it's I think it's about, first of all, remembering the reasons why you broke up. Right. right? You write in the letter that he had his faults, but you didn't tell us any a single one of them. <laughs> So, like, what were those faults? What were those feelings that drove you to break up? And also, how can you take the memories of that you have with him and try and dissociate them from him as a person and put it back on that time in your life, who you were together, um, the ways that that you were feeling at that time, and to remember them as your own and not just his, because you were also part of this relationship, totally. right? You made that good. Right? You were part of that. So you can make that good with other people. It's not just on him. It, he was not the the perfect thing that caused you good love. You worked towards it, and you can do it again. Absolutely. Uh, we hope this helps. Hannah, thank you so much for writing. We love you. We love you. All right. Our next letter is from Ghost Girl, writing from Denver, Pennsylvania. Is that a thing? That's what it says. Denver, cool. PA. Cool. Yeah. Didn't know that was a place. Me neither. There's also an Indiana, Pennsylvania. Oh, that's just confusing. <laughs> <laughs> and a Miami University in Ohio. Yes, I did know that. <laughs> yes. I think that Alice and Janney went there. Um, Who dat? <laughs> Continue. I follow her on Instagram. You should too. Oh, it's just like, okay, continue. Yeah, it's one of those like, you know, actresses that I'm obsessed with for no reason. Got it. Hey, friends. I've just started listening to your podcast because of my current unexplained ghost story. I wish it was one of the paranormal kind. Oh, but, me too. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not. Let me give you a quick backstory. I dated a younger guy, five-year age difference, about five years ago. Mentioning this only because I think it may be a factor. It ended because he kissed another girl while we were together and I couldn't get past it. Which is fine. Honestly, I don't think he wanted to be tied down. For five years now, he's been in and out of my life. We hang out, he goes MIA. We date other people, then it goes silent and starts all over again. I always thought we have repeated this pattern because there's something there, but I just don't know. Fast forward to now. The past couple months, he seemed to be pursuing me such as daily texts and hanging out with me on weekends. This is true. This is due to the distance we live from each other and my busy schedule. Whenever we hang out, we go out, do things as couples would do, and then have sex. I would also stay the night. The last time we hung out was perfect. We went out to a restaurant, split everything, and laughed and acted like couples do. We came back to cuddle and sex. There was even times during this whole span of time when he would get drunk and tell me I love you. I wouldn't bring it up due to the awkwardness of it. He even let me sleep in while he went to work on the weekends. Ever since that hangout, he started texting me less. When he, when asked, he said he had a busy week at his job. I continued to text him after this, and he would barely respond. After this, I decided to give him a taste of his own medicine, and when doing so, he asked if I was alive when I didn't respond to his one text saying, Babe. I told babe. him how I felt, <laughs> right? I told him how I felt, and he apologized. Then, after this... It's been a ghost town. I finally wrote a lengthy text saying that he hasn't changed and that him not responding shows me how he really feels. Still no response. I hate not knowing if I did something wrong or why. Is it another girl? I deleted all his messages but can't find the strength to block him hoping that he will respond. What should I do? I find myself obsessing about it. Yours truly, Ghost Girl. Oh, girl. Yeah. I'm going to call her Gigi. Okay, Gigi. Love that. Cute, right? Yeah. Okay, let's start. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think that a lot of people can are, relate to this. Yes, totally. I um, agree. Okay, what I want to tackle first is uh, fuck this dude upside and backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Not okay. Everybody's on a journey. That's yada, right. Yada, We're yada, all doing yada. the best that we can with the tools and resources we have available to us. Uh, blah 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 blah. Like he's off, like growing on his own. That's However, right. <laughs> I say fuck this dude because. Whether he's a good person or not in his side of the universe in which he's not inviting you to because he's not responding to your text messages, right. in your world, he is not being good to you. No, he's not. Right? And you ask us, um, did I do anything wrong? Yes. And let me tell you what it is. Oh, Radical wow. this plot is a twist. twist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and let's define wrong in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. What I would push back on, um, Gigi, is is repeatedly allowing him back in your life for the gratification of your intimacy, your partnership, this, this pseudo dating thing that you're doing. Yep. Don't get me wrong. I'm okay with if, if you guys have a casual thing and that's just the way you want to hang out. For sure. Like that's that's great. That's that's two adults knowing what they can and cannot expect from each other. Exactly. However, it sounds like you have expected him to be different mm-hmm. when he is constantly been showing you the same behavior. Yep. And that's, the, I mean, let's, here's, here's where I start deconstructing the word wrong. Yes. That's not a wrong, you didn't do anything wrong. No. I was just trying to have like a radical spin on what we always say. <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong, girl. Like yep. you are putting yourself out there. You're being patient. You're putting your heart out there. You're, you're giving him your, your time, your attention, your body, yep. your, your vulnerability. And he's the one that's not respecting it. Right. Absolutely. And, I also want to push back on one more thing before Sam takes the reins away from me, which is you wrote, is there another girl? Mm. And I just want to say, you don't need someone else to be involved with this to justify taking care of yourself. Mm. I feel like we so often want to point blame on someone or be like, oh, he doesn't want me because he has this other shiny thing that's who's obviously a bitch. (laughs) You know, like we love to hate this other woman. We love to push blame onto this other woman when it has nothing to do if he has somebody else, which he probably does. I mean, it sounds like he's got like a couple (laughs) Right. Ghost towns. Based on my experience with with people like this. Right. (laughs) Um, But I want to to push back, Gigi, and say it has nothing to do with whether he has someone else or not. It has everything to do with how he is inadequately treating you. Yep. And that's enough to justify cutting this off. Like, like you, your own needs, your own requirements, your own love. That is enough. Yep. You don't need he. Don't, there doesn't need to be an excuse to justify being like you're treating me poorly. Yep. Does that make sense? Can you help me explain that? No, I think um, yeah, there doesn't have to be an excuse for his bad behavior to like make it real. Yes, right. Like his bad behavior. Your is experience his... <laughs> of it makes it real. Absolutely, his bad behavior towards you is his bad behavior. His motivations for doing it don't matter. What matters is how you re- respond to that bad behavior that he's presenting to you. Right. Like, it doesn't matter if he's got, like, I don't know, like a sick puppy at home, and that's why he's not responding to your text, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> sick puppy. Like, the fact is, is that he's, like, inconsistently showing up for you in the way that you want him to show up. And that, and if he can't do that, he can't do that. It doesn't matter why. Right. But you get to say, that's not enough for me. Bye. Right? That's it. And, and we talk about this 
all the time, but like how much space is he taking up in your life that could be better filled by better things? Better people. Right? Anything. A pottery class. Exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't know, bubble baths and like... Sick puppies. <laughs> like, go volunteer somewhere. Like, join a class. Like, hang out with your friends. Like, he's taking up so much space in your life, and you're not getting anything out of it. And I want to, I want to take a pause and, and define space because it's not about the time that you're spending with him. It's about a the emotional energy that you're expending on worrying about your inadequacies. Like, yep. why aren't I enough enough for him? Like, why won't he respond? He doesn't like he doesn't respect me enough to respond. So I'm going to do all of this emotional gymnastics to figure out why when that onus should be on him number one and number two it's the space that it takes up making you feel bad about yourself yep like that is space that might feel like real tangible space but if you cut him off from your life if you recognize like i don't deserve this i deserve way better i'm the shit yep um then that space is cleared up for other healthy things absolutely and think about this in terms of like would you let a friend do this to you would you let like a, a colleague do this, right? <laughs> like, like a primary care <laughs> physician, like right? Like why are we so, why are we so unwilling to demand the things that we need out of people? Yeah. from people who are we're sleeping with, or we're totally. like in romantic relationships with. Like, totally. If your dentist stopped returning your calls, you'd be like, "Fuck you! I'm getting a new dentist." Right. Right. Like right. so, why can't we stand up and demand that same? Um, that same level of accountability from our loved ones. Yeah. And I want to add to this conversation, the idea of the middle ground, Mm -hmm. because like I've definitely been in this middle ground of, Ooh, we either, we either hooked up once Mm -hmm. um, and I want it to happen again. Yeah. Or we've never hooked up, but I have a big crush on you and I want it to turn into something. Right. Or I want us to date or we, or like in this case, Gigi's case, we dated once and now we've been in this middle ground of not dating, but it's so familiar. Yeah. But like, well, what do you want, Gigi? You know, like at yeah. the, all of these scenarios lead us to this constant feeling of um, being un- unfulfilled. Yep. And I want to talk about like why people put themselves in that middle ground, because I've seen a lot of people, including a couple of my close friends. And the one I'm talking about is going to know I'm talking about her <laughs> with love. <laughs> um, but uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, overextend themselves for the potential mm. of a partnership or of intimacy or of being someone's best friend or mm-hmm. of like being the girl that the guy makes out with drunkenly. Like mm-hmm. they, they will, they will do anything. I will do, you know, at the right place in the right situation, I would do anything to put myself into the space of look how perfect and, um, accessible I am for you. Yep. You know, it's like, it's this folding of ourselves that we do to make ourselves as accessible and as appealing as possible to these people who might want us. Right. right? Yep. And that's what I feel like Gigi is experiencing. And girl, if I'm putting words in your mouth, I'm really, really sorry. Like if this is not the situation, let me know. Um, but I don't know if you would participate in this way with this person if you didn't want to get back together, maybe, or have mm-hmm. some sort of romantic thing, yep. you know? Um, and I and I just, my heart breaks for me and all the other hundreds and thousands of hearts that I know do this, that that yep. put themselves out so much just to, to feel desired yep. or loved or affection. And, and the way that we put ourselves out is through 
ultimate accessibility. Right. You have yes. you have ex- you are accessible to me at all times. Yes. And I have no I have no expectations and no demands of this relationship. Right. I am just here for you. I am the chill girl. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> As I stab myself <laughs> in the neck with my pen. Yes. Um, and so I think one of the things that you should think about, Gigi, is like, what do you want out of this relationship? Yeah. Like, what is it exactly? I definitely made a ton of assumptions there, and I'm sorry if I was wrong. No, and that's and maybe it is that you want to get back together. Maybe it's that you just want to sort of hang out. Sounds like that's not really what you want, based on the fact that you wrote us this letter about it. And um, if you just wanted to hang out, like it's a, a basic qualification of that would be like decent respect. Yeah, and he's, right? not, and he's not showing not doing that respect. either consistently. Right, um, and maybe it's that you. You want a boyfriend generally. Right. Right. So like processing through all of those things, like then you can ask for what you need out of the relationship and he can decide whether or not he can meet those. Right. My guess is based on his behavior. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. He's oh, no, not no, no, going no, no, to be no, no. able Gigi's to Gigi's <laughs> not going to do all this emotional labor and then put it on him. Gigi is going to be empowered and be like, listen, I see all of these things you're laying out on the table, all of these cards that you're laying out, which is like inconsistency, <laughs> lack of vulnerability, not going to respect me enough to text me back. And Jesus is going to be so freaking empowered after this episode. She's going to be like, nope, like I'm not going to I'm not going to put the decision of our relationship in his hands. It's no, in true. my hands. Yeah, no, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying that he gets to make the choice. I'm saying that he gets to face up to his own inadequacies. And then you get to be like, goodbye. Bye bye. And you wonder why AV Club thought we were a bunch of cold-hearted <laughs> haters. We're like, boy, bye. Pay us $1,000. <laughs> um, anyway, Gigi, we kind of like went ham on this. Yeah. <laughs> but please know we love you. We support you. We think that you did nothing wrong here. Nothing. Um, but we want you to move from a space of waiting for the love um, of somebody who has not proven themselves to be trustworthy. Yep. We want you to move into the space of, I love myself. I will not let someone disrespect me. Absolutely. I will not put myself in positions in which they will constantly disrespect and disappoint right. me because I know I'm worth more. And I know that there are people out there who won't make me feel this way. Yep. It's about changing that mindset from scarcity to abundance, right? Yes. What in your life is offering you stability, safety, happiness and focus on that and not just on the thing that you think might be lacking in your life right yeah. now. And this guy sounds like a tool. He sounds awful. Just break <laughs> up. <laughs> we love you, Gigi. Thank you so much for writing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, moving on to our last letter of episode 34. Yeah, 34. Mm -hmm. This is um, from Anonymous Anonymous, who's writing to us from The Void. Dear Sam and Sierra, I am a new fan of your podcast, and I've been listening nonstop since I discovered it. Thank you for your thoughtful advice and insight. Trigger warning for sexual assault, mental illness, self-harm, and suicidal thoughts. Here goes. I'm 21, and I've been in an intense and confusing on-and-off situationship for about a year. 
I met him in the spring of my sophomore year of college when he was a junior. We immediately connected emotionally and intellectually and started dating. He was open from the very beginning about having been sexually assaulted a few months before we met. I tried my best to be supportive and sensitive, and he told me he truly appreciated my support. Our relationship was initially amazing, but I soon began to crumble. It soon began to crumble. The trauma of his sexual assault manifested in itself in depression, anxiety, and PTSD. This caused him to withdraw from me emotionally. He would not contact me or respond to me for several days at a time. He would snap at me, calling me selfish. If I expressed that this cycle of being extremely close, then being extremely distant made me feel insecure and upset. I avoided asking for what I needed and wanted from this relationship because it would always result in a fight. I also did not feel justified in asking more of him because of his own struggles. After weeks of fighting, making up, then fighting again, I decided to end the relationship before the summer began. We didn't speak for months. I thought I had moved on, but now I realize that I simply buried my feelings to avoid having to do the head and heart work I knew would be so difficult. When school started, I reached out to him and told him I wanted him to be in my life again. We agreed to be friends, and he confided to me that his mental health had gotten even worse and that he'd been self-harming and having suicidal thoughts. We worked on our friendship for a while, but our relationship soon became romantic and sexual again, initiated by him. We're not officially dating, but it felt like we were. We started saying I love you again, and our communication improved. However, the cycle of intimacy then distanced reappeared. It hurt, but again, I did not feel justified in asserting my needs because he was dealing with something far more significant. Fast forward to now. I'm currently studying abroad. He is finishing his last semester of school and has decided to move back home to Europe after graduation, which would mean a long-distance relationship if we were to be in a relationship. Before I left, he said he loved me and that we would, quote, figure it out somehow. This led me to believe that he saw a future with me. But after months of sparse communication, mixed messages, and going back and forth between showering me with love and then ignoring me for weeks, I finally broke down. I asked him to be honest about how he felt about me and if he wanted a relationship with me in the future. After an excruciating conversation, he finally admitted that he did not have romantic feelings for me since I left and did not see us dating in the near future. I am heartbroken. But I know the best thing would to do would be to distance myself so I can heal. However, I am his primary support system. I am the one he confides in the most about his mental health struggles. And I feel like if I were to stop checking in on him, I would be abandoning someone who needs me. I feel like if he were to seriously hurt himself, it would be my fault. It hurts to know he doesn't love me romantically anymore, but I care about him immensely as a person. How can I look out for myself while also being there for him? Any advice would be much appreciated. Much love. Anonymous, thank you so much for writing this letter. Uh, we really, really uh, connect strongly with a lot of the themes in this letter. And we think that a lot of listeners are going to find a lot of refuge in the vulnerability that you brought um, coming forward. Um, we're going to talk about ways that you can take care of yourself Um ways that you cannot like manifest this guilt inside of you. Um, but first we want to talk about what it means to be accountable to somebody with mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So anonymous, I, I want to tell you about uh, my dad actually. Um, 
And uh, for folks who don't know, my dad committed suicide um, earlier this year. Um, And so what I'll tell you is that um, at the end of his life, my dad was in a really, really bad place. Um, And we are not sure at this point if it was sort of um, the end stages of mental health or if it was some sort of rapid onset dementia. But um, he was really, really bad at the end there. Um, And I will tell you that um, no matter how much love my family and I put into him, he still took his own life, right? Um, We were there for him as much as we possibly could. Uh, We encouraged him to get help as much as we possibly could. Um, But in the end of the day, he still decided to take his own life. And so what I want to tell you, Anonymous, is that... um, no matter how much time and effort you put into this person who you love, he could still make the decision to to harm himself. And um, and it's not your fault if he does that. It's, if you walk away, it's not your fault. If you stay, it's not your fault. Um, he needs help. He needs help that you cannot provide him. He needs to be honest with people who aren't you about what he's going through. He needs to be... Um, going to therapy. He might need to be institutionalized, uh, but you can't save him. You can't. Even if you can uh, stay with him and put all of your time and energy into him, you can only keep him alive for as long as you have that energy, right? And so I think about on the, the day that my dad killed himself, he texted all of us, my family, and said that he wanted us all to get together. And we said we couldn't do it because we needed we needed to talk to a therapist because there was so much stuff that had happened. And I think about that, and I think, if I had gone over there, I maybe could have kept him alive for one more day, but I could not have saved him. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have. Like, because... I, could have, I could have put myself into harm's way to make sure that he lived one more day, but I couldn't save him. He was the one that could save himself, and he chose not to. Right. And because what I want to add in your... In your talking about this, but I want to use the explicit word of like, you all were overextending yourself beyond the limitations of unconditional love. It was becoming abusive, right? And your family had to, um, just as Anonymous will have to, had to set up boundaries because it became to a point where you could not love him anymore. Absolutely. If without hurting yourselves or, or, yeah. And so it was a lot about boundaries. And so that day, that boundary was drawn. Yep. So Anonymous, no amount of love that you can give is going to fix him. Right. And I'm sorry to say that. And that's a really hard truth for a lot of people people to hear. I still sometimes don't believe it. Right. Right. (laughs) Uh, Like I still sometimes think like I could have done more to save him. Right. But that is not true. There is nothing that that I could do. There's nothing that you can do for this this person in your life to save him. Right. Um, and so, at this point, you have had you've experienced so much hurt. You have given so much uh, that I don't want you to get into a trap where you are just putting in the amount of effort that you need to to keep him alive today. Right. And so. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, I think. And I want to echo some things that Sam said. Um, and thanks, Sam. Mm-hmm. I think that you are going to be empowering a lot of people by sharing this really difficult stuff. Yeah. Um, 
and you and I have talked about this about your father that like at the end of the day, as much as people want to be enough for people who are suffering, we aren't enough. Yep. And the only thing that that could help your ex anonymous, well, not the only thing, but like the thing that you can point him to is professional resources. Yep. Absolutely. Um, there are letters that we get, Sam and I, that we are ill-equipped to answer. Like yep. we joke about being unprofessional, but like there are some answers in which our only answer is there are people who have spent thousands of dollars to go to school to be an expert of this or yep. who have put in their 10,000 hours or Absolutely. whatever it needs to be. Um, and we're not deterring you folks out there from having these head and heart work conversations of no. listening to these podcasts, to <laughs> right. reading those self-help books, to, to being there for people who need you. But why we wanted to lead with um, a story about Sam's dad is the idea that so often in these um, mental health driven relationships, we blur the line between what is actually help and mm-hmm. what is codependency, what is um, what is an impossible bucket that you're trying to fill yep. with yourself, with right. your own energy, your emotional energy, your wellness. Like, how much of yourself can you put into this? And Absolutely. and the hard thing that Sam said that that really rattled me to the core, anonymous, is that you would feel like it was your fault if he did, and mm-hmm. you, and you and you would feel like it was your your responsibility if he didn't. Yep, there is. Our big, open, wonderful hearts are capable of caring about other people so much more than we are capable of caring about ourselves yep. to the point where we will empty ourselves for someone else, right? Yep. And we're not telling you listeners to like close your heart off to people who are suffering. No. We're telling you that this is nuanced and complicated because of the way we are, the way we carry people, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And the way where those people live in our hearts and in our minds, um, it's a really tricky place. Yep. So anonymous, um, what Sam and I are trying to, or what what we hope you will do is, um, if you have want to have any more contact with this person, I would I suggest. W- um, no, <laughs> I suggest none. Yeah. But if you want to sort of sign off, mm-hmm. because I think some people want to have a closing word, especially when it comes to something like this. Yep. Uh, and, and one more like caveat, not all of these situations are the same. No. Sometimes um, like authorities need to be called. Sometimes that even makes things more unsafe. Right. You know, Um Every situation is different, but in this situation, Anonymous, you are far away, and, and maybe the best thing you can do is reach out to somebody who's close to him mm-hmm. and say, I'm I'm signing off. I, I can no longer overextend myself for this person because it's becoming unhealthy, yep. and I need to take care of myself. Yep. I, I mean, I need to look after my own wellness and my own happiness. Can yep. you check in on him, maybe? Mm-hmm. Or, Anonymous, maybe you can say, I love you. I believe in you. It's too painful for me to be an emotional support for you, but I really hope you find help. Yep. Here are some resources. Yep. Do you agree with that? I think that that it would probably be the way that I would do it. Yeah. You know, to and, say like I'm hurting for this and this reason and I I am it I am unequipped to help you through this. Right. And and I'm hurting that I can't help you. Yep. You know? But I but I'm ill equipped. Right. Um and I'm gonna tell you even if you do that, it might not work. Right. right. Like and that's the thing is like you can do what you need to to sort of um, support yourself and and feel good and confident about the 
about giving as much as you could. And then you just have to take a step back because no matter what he does after this, it has nothing to do with you. Right. It has everything to do with the demons in his head, his his past trauma. Um, How and, he's relating to that trauma, like absolutely. his head and heart work or lack thereof. Yep. And and you are not a therapist. You are not an, an emergency counselor. You don't have the resources to get him the help that he needs to get. Right. Um, and so all that you can do is just say, here are other people that can do this for you, but it's not me. Right. It can't be me. Right. For And and, and I want to say that one more time because it can't be you um, because you don't have the tools. Yep. Right. And because you're too close. Yep. And because just like Sam said, you can stay on the phone with him all night to keep himself from hurting himself. Yep. Um, or or self-harming. But there's still tomorrow and there's the day after that and there's yep. the day after that. And you can you can overextend yourself. And, and sometimes shit, y'all empaths out there, we do that. Yep. We bleed ourselves dry to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but. That is not a longstanding change or, no. or a solution. That's a crutch or a bandaid. Yep. So anonymous. After that long, intense spiel, we just want to big you up yep. and validate your right to heal. Yep. You're hurting. Your heart Your heart is hurt. Mm-hmm. You're not this person's keeper. Yep. You're, you're not responsible to keeping him from hurting himself. Yep. This is your time to invest in yourself, to heal yourself, to um, look at all of those parts that were maybe revealed during your first relationship with this partner, what made you come back and um, what made you allow it get unhealthy again. Because when reading your letter, I read a lot of that folding of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. How you wouldn't, you know, the line in which you said, like, I stopped bringing up my grievances because I knew it would lead to a fight. That is a huge red flag to me of codependent behaviors, right? Um, and that's okay. I mean, I'm right there with you. Oh, no. I've been uh, <laughs> in many a codependent relationship. Right? Um, uh, but now is your time to grow and, and to blossom where you are and yep. to and to give yourself the sunshine and the rain and the good weather that you need to, to grow. Absolutely. Right? You are not um, put on this earth to be fodder for other people's wellness. Yep. You're here to be happy, healthy, safe, whole within your own self, yep. and then to eventually extend that to other people. Absolutely. And I just want to say to you um, that this is really hard. Yes. And like, this I, is really hard. I feel it. Like, and I feel, even as Sierra was saying that, I was like, no, no, that's not true. Like, you can't, you can't say that stuff. But, but she's right. That is true. You can't, you cannot give all that you have to give to just keeping him safe right you need to take care of yourself and he needs to take care of himself and you can do what you need to do to make sure that he has the resources that he needs to but you can't save him from this and this is complicated too something that just came up to in my mind was uh, y'all like sam and i know how complicated uh relationships are when they are um interspersed with mental health um, diagnosis or right. issues or outbursts or or just mental health happenings, you know. Um, we know this intimately and painfully, and I know it with my students and my partners and myself and with my family members. And um, 
every situation does look different, but I do think I do want to acknowledge again, we're talking about a romantic relationship in, that was unhealthy to begin with. Yep. And at, at what point can anonymous take care of themselves? Like what, right. like what right do we have to take care of ourselves? Yep. And I think that's what we're getting at is that it's not about like, fuck everybody else. I'm here to be well myself. It's like, don't you have a right? Yep. Don't you have a right to it's, to right. be happy? It's not a zero sum thing, right. right? There's it's not that you are taking from others to to build yourself up, right? You can't help people unless you yourself have what you need. Right. Um and it is sad. I mean, it's like it's sad, I know. It's I wish that we could all just give all of ourselves to help everyone, and right? I, and I wish that help worked all the time. Absolutely. I wish that if I could just like give up parts of myself, I could like fix other people. Right. But the reality is, is that I can't do that. And the only thing that that comes of me ripping myself apart like that is that I am then ripped apart. <laughs> right. And the other people are still hurting. They're still not getting the resources and the help that they need. But I am now yeah. prostrate like with my with my chest torn open. Right? right. Like and that's not helping anyone. That's just hurting myself. Right. Anonymous, this is obviously like a very um, hard situation and we feel for you with our huge hearts um, across the world. And we hope that this brings you some insight and and above all else, some comfort in knowing that um, you are allowed to be protective over your peace. Yep. I'm going to be thinking about you when I go to bed tonight, Anonymous. conversation and that's like the only thing that brought my eyes to tears i can't what uh, okay i'm fine <laughs> okay <laughs> okay <clears throat> great great episode we, uh, okay we love you anonymous thanks for writing we love you wow that came out of nowhere i was like with it that whole painful conversation and you said that i was like <laughs> okay um yeah <laughs> okay that brings us to uh, the blind date. The blind date. The blind Thanks date. for being here, everyone. <laughs> yeah, right. Thanks for sticking with us. Yeah. Every episode, we like to shout out something we want to send you home with. This week's blind date is. Uh, it's a YouTube person called uh, Yoga with Adrian. Oh my god! My whole family is obsessed with Yoga with Adrian. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. So yeah. I've um, I've been not working my full time job right. uh, while I'm taking some time to take care of myself and my family. Um, And so one of the things that I've been trying to do is like, because I'm just in my apartment most of the time, is like try and do something that is active. And it's fucking winter still. So cold here. (laughs) Uh, So like going outside isn't really great. Um, But I've just really enjoyed Adrian, who is, you know, it's called Yoga with Adrian, but the the host is Adrian. She has a dog named um, Benji, who's (laughs) adorable. Um, But what I really enjoy about her is that she is just really sort of like... Um, we'll talk about different ways that you can do stuff. Like halfway through, she'll be like, listen, if you're not feeling it on mm-hmm. the mat today, that's okay. I've heard that it's very, not only um, user-friendly, but like bigger, beginner-friendly yep. and and intermediate-friendly. Yeah, like it's kind like, of all over. Because I like, so I've been doing yoga before. Um, and so like I know, you know, the right. basics. Like I don't need to get the beginner's thing. Um, but it is still helpful for her to like, 
talk about some of the ways that you do the poses. And then as you move forward in like um, in some of her different programs, she stops explaining things as much and just like actually moves into like right. the movement part of it, which is um, what I've really liked. So I've been doing like her 30 day yoga thing called Dedicate, which mm-hmm. has been really, really good. Um, do you do it every day? I don't do it every day. I like. I want to ask you that because of that weird fallacy of we the all or nothing fallacy we have. No. So I've been working through the thirty day everyday yoga challenge, and I have not been doing it every day. <laughs> right. So I've been doing it for like three weeks, and I think I'm on like number thirteen or something. So, um, yeah, because I don't I don't want to do it every day, and I don't need to do it every day. Um, but what's great is that you don't have to because you're not you didn't pay money for it. You're not going to a yoga studio. You're just right. like at home, sort of doing it at your own pace, which I think is really great. So uh, Yoga with Adrian, it's spelled A-D-R-I-E-N-N-E, I believe. Awesome. I'm going to check it out too. Yeah, you should. Because I was doing yoga on like Amazon Prime. Oh, nice. But, you know, Amazon being awful. <laughs> Evil. Trying to use that less. <laughs> I get it. All right. Um, thank you so much to for listening to episode 34. Absolutely. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can also slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes. But most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is where you can also find our new merchandise. Woo-hoo. Sweatshirts, T-shirts, stickers, coffee mugs, phone cases. So much stuff. It's yeah. just like... Like insane how much stuff we're, we're we selling. should start selling bottles of closure <laughs> that's a really good idea yeah because it's fake <laughs> um please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review please and, and please consider uh supporting us on patreon uh, if you support us for five dollars a month on patreon you will get an additional bonus episode every single week that's five dollars a month for an additional episode every week it's patreon.com slash just break up pod Uh, This really helps us keep the lights on, and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you have a right to protect your peace. You have an inherent human right to protect your heart, to pursue joy, to pursue growth. You cannot be what brings other people peace and healing. You can only show them this within your heart, with your own strength, clarity, and growth. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs> <laughs>